Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hemel Javeri. With me today, my two favorite guests, video producer Evan Thorpe and head NFL writer Stephen Ruiz. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hello. <laughs> that's Evan trying that's Evan trying to be quiet. <laughs> Hello. That's him whispering right there. That's his <laughs> NPR voice. Hello. Hello. This is Evan before the win. <laughs> today we're gonna talk about sports. <laughs> So you think that's what your NPR show would sound like? That's yes. your NPR voice. That's what Evan thinks we sound like. <laughs> that's what he sound, That's what we sound like. Today. No, that's how I talk to get this uh, to get this job. Chemical. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I came up. Uh, Evan. That's your that's your code switching voice. Mm-hmm. The, that's that's your... if I don't know your number. Yeah. And, like the area code different. Hello. <laughs> Hi. That's how I do it too. How are you today? I get my professional voice on. See, my mom calls. Give us me. the other one. Give us the other one. What? Like my regular Mor- voice? Yeah, yeah your regular Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> now, my mom, she got a different work number, so she called me one time. She said, I said, hello. She said, hello? I said, hello. She said, boy, is this you? I said, ma? I can't say what she said next. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Evan's mom on the podcast. Yeah, let's talk to Evan's mom. My mom's cool. My mom's cool. If this was a call-in show, we would talk to Evan's mom. All right, that aside, we do have some sports that we want to talk about. It's been a big week for sports beefs, uh, Khabib and Connor, earlier this week. um, But more recently, Jimmy Butler's blow up with the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is what I want to get into first. Uh, Evan or or Steven, one of you, break down kind of what happened to begin with. Uh, You think they're ready to hear my voice talk about this? Let's see. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Are you gonna okay, do so voice? so so first off, during last year it was drama in the Timberwolves. <laughs> I mean, you can room. use your regular voice, oh, please. Okay, so like uh, they had drama in the locker room. It was basically uh, Jimmy Butler versus Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. But no, uh, basically, like Jimmy Butler is like a workhorse. You know, he 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 dedicates his life to basketball. Where I think a lot of the younger NBA talent don't take it as serious. And we saw last year that, like, Carl Anthony Towns was playing uh, Twitch, like, late night on a game day. So, I think for Jimmy Butler in his head, it's like, these guys don't take this serious. Mm-hmm. So, this offseason, uh, it was reported that he wanted out. He came out and said, I want to be traded away. But the action price was too much. And teams just said, like, they're, they want they want a future and they want something right now. And nobody's giving up that for a guy for one year. So just when it looked like Jimmy Butler was out, Carl Anthony Town extends his contract, and now he's back on the team. And so in the first practice, you kind of had all that tension just build up throughout the summer, and it, it finally just, you know, stuff happened. Right, it just boils over. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things with, like, Jimmy is expressive, so as drills was happening, he was winning, and – you know, he, he's saying, like, yo, you know, you can't guard me, you can't guard me, blah, blah, blah. Said something to the owner, and then Cat got a bucket on somebody. Scream, Carl Anthony Towns, if you don't know who Cat is. Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he he screamed out something, and Jimmy Bunn was like, I'm right here, do that on me. So it's kind of showing, like, you know, Jimmy's about that action, as we say. <laughs> and I don't think the other two, uh, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, are about that action. Steven, you said uh, we said earlier that you thought Jimmy Butler thought those guys were soft, and you said that they're not. I think in his mind they are soft. I wouldn't say they're soft. Like compared to other younger players, no, I don't think they're soft. I think he's just ultra competitive. So what is uh, what were the comments that got the most traction? There was what he said to the coach, right? No, I think the it was GM. the, the, the GM. GM. He said that you bleeping need me to win. 
which is not which is not a false statement. That's what I was gonna say. That's the truth, apparently, right? I mean, last year they got into the eighth seed, but Jimmy, I think he stopped playing like the last portion, like the last month with an injury, and you kind of saw that the team was struggling. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like he's the leader that they have, but probably not what the other two stars want because. They probably don't want it. They probably don't take it as serious as he does. Like he doesn't have a TV. He says like his off season is strictly basketball and drinking wine. <laughs> so and hanging out with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to Mark Wahlberg in a second because I want to backtrack to the fact that what did he say in his ESPN interview after that? Because he doubled down on those comments, right? Yeah. It wasn't a apology interview, and it's also. Very good timing on ESPN's part, apparently, that Rachel Nichols just happened to be there after all of that it happened. Was, it, I think this is this is all a work. It's, they it's, planned this. Rachel Nichols is no reason she's in Minnesota for no reason. So what happened in the ESPN interview? He just kept talking about his teammates. Like he was saying it. He was saying those things that, that had been reported. reported that he was saying, and but he, he said it on tv now and he confirmed it right like he's like out in the open so much of sports um happens behind closed doors and it's all rumor and innuendo and sources say and very rarely do you get athletes on camera like saying yes i actually did say this about my teammate yeah because it was like all woge bombs at first and people were just like why is woge tweeting about this this is this isn't a deal and it was just like other people saying yeah it's true and then when he came out it was like yeah i said it (laughs) <laughs> do I feel bad? Eh, I don't really think so. But I meant it, and it's like, wow. Can you think of other instances where sports teams, where that kind of stuff has happened, but it's actually led people to, like, clear the air and get uh, on with it? Gilbert Arenas. He brought a gun to... Oh, that's right. <laughs> he brought a gun to the locker room, right? That's back when they were called... Uh, no, they were the... Uh, were they the bullets? They were the wizards. They weren't the bullets then. That was probably, like, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, something like and that. And the yeah, guy, yeah. the guy that he uh, pulled the gun on, ended up going to jail for like attempted murder. Yeah. So. No, but that he, didn't really. Did that really clear the air? Like that guy was about that action. I mean, we figured you. out who was about that action, <laughs> and that Gilbert Arenas carried guns. So. No, that didn't clear the air. I would say like T.O. with the Eagles. Yeah, that Owens. definitely didn't clear out the air. No, but he was fighting teammates in the locker room. But it his was all McNabb. And I think McNabb had he he was already there for I want to say what five six years, yeah. So it's kind of like McNabb had his guys, but T.O. also had his guys in the locker room. And I think uh, what bo- like what took it over the edge was when T.O. said that they would be undefeated if Brett Favre was the quarterback, and it just like so it was, yeah, it was like the same thing. Like he was making public comments about how, yeah. But it, like it, it didn't come out to like afterwards. Like at the time, I don't think people knew how serious it was. I mean, at one point he was doing sit-ups, sit-ups in, his, <laughs> in his parking lot with no shirt on, ranting about the team. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's the closest comparison. I'm and, thinking like basketball-wise. Like I feel like basketball is the only sport where like if it's out in the open, you hear about it before. Yeah, basketball seems much more willing to have all their business be out there, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not as uh, scared about it like the nhl it, oh god you god you know anything. there's like there if there's even a murmur of like dissent within a locker room um it gets quashed incredibly quickly and players like are never allowed to say anything bad about anybody on their team or the coaches or anything like that and, yeah i yeah. just think to was the personality he didn't he wasn't afraid to tell people what was going on but like 
you don't find teams mm-hmm. that are like willing to talk about like what happened. Like with Odell, uh, yeah, Odell Beckham and you know uh, Eli Manning. Like we didn't hear about that until an interview came out and stuff. And then the coach had made a comment about it. But like if he never had the interview, you know, he was just talking to random reporter. Yeah. I don't think it would have been a big deal. Yeah, that's like the closest. Actually, that's probably the closest like comparison is mm-hmm. what Odell Beckham did recently, where he's. Uh, ESPN reporter asked him, do you guys have a quarterback problem? He didn't say yes, but he didn't say no. He's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, which means, yeah. But it's, yeah, if I you mean, watch him, they clearly do. Like, Odell got targeted last week, I think, because he said that stuff about Eli Manning. Like, if I mean, he didn't say that, he would have been still thrown it to Saquon. I mean, to, to bring it down to everybody else's level, right, in any workplace, if you go around talking – S-H-I-T, about your coworkers, like, it's going to be bad, right? Well, I mean, y'all talk about me, but I'm still here. <laughs> That's such a lie. <laughs> right, it, it's Steven not... Steven hasn't said anything. <laughs> Steven is quiet. I don't say anything bad about anybody. <laughs> I will give him that. Steven is definitely not not big on trash talking. Um, oh, man. But it, it's not good for the team, right? Very rarely does, like, that airing of grievances actually lead to anything mm-hmm. productive. Um, the other beef, uh, which uh, we've all talked about a little bit, uh, Khabib and Conor McGregor. Uh, this is it's not the same thing, obviously, because they're not on the same team. There's like two different sides, but it is two people being very vocal, yeah, and emotional about uh, their dislike for each other. Yeah, and I think Khabib has all rights to be upset. And yeah, I just I feel bad for him now because, you know, it, I think his attack after the fight was just built off emotion like it wasn't him just trying to be an a-hole like i want to go fight somebody else i think you think about it he talked about his religion his parents you know so the way i thought about that was as somebody who does not watch a lot of ufc at all and reading about the backstory when you watch the incident just happen without understanding the context behind it Mm -hmm. it looks like the dude lost his mind right it looks like the dude totally lost his mind and did like a flying jump uh, out of the ring and just attacked a dude on the sidewalk um, or or in the audience. Uh, but then everything leading up to it, right, all the ways that he had been baited, talking about his dad, talking about his religion and his nationality, like we, lots of racist comments directed right at him. Mm-hmm. To that degree, it was somebody who had been provoked to the point where they weren't going to take it anymore. Um, and our, our new staff writer, Andy Nesbitt, wrote a column about how it was almost as gratifying as watching just a bully get his com- comeuppance. Uh, because Connor is definitely not known for, um, right? no, he attacked the bus that uh, Habib was on. So yeah. that kind of like was more fuel to the fire. And I right. think I think if Habib would have just like knocked him out, he would have been okay with it. But I don't think he beat him as bad as he wanted to. I mean, I I agree with you guys. I don't think that's the way to handle it. Obviously, I don't think that's what you guys <laughs> are. That, yeah, that's not what you guys are saying. But you're, you yeah. you guys are saying you understand it. But from Connor's perspective, I think he's just trying to sell the fight. He's mm-hmm. going about it in a terrible way, but that's what he's doing. I don't think it's really personal for him. He mm-hmm. can say it is, but after the fight, like he does this to everybody, but then he like compliments the person after the fight. Yeah, you, which is a page out of Floyd Mayweather's book, which I think that's who he's trying to emulate. He's trying to, he's trying to like use the fight game to make money, and that's the best I, way to do it. I think it's it's different from boxing though because, like, this is all styles of bo- bo- uh, fighting, like. A guy could choke you out if he wanted to in a UFC octagon where, like, if you're boxing, the most a person can do is knock you out with a clean hit. Yeah. But, like, this guy could have tried to kill him in that that 
that octagon if he, you know. He did hold the choke, like, after the fight. Yeah. He kept holding it. He had to be, like, torn off. Yeah. Um, Do you think that it is persona? Or, like, some of it is just, like, the spectacle and persona of Conor McGregor? Or do you think all of that's real? It's 100% that. That's what he has to do to keep making as much money. He's making the other fighters money. Right. Khabib, I don't think Khabib cares about money. I think he's in it for, like, you know, the passion of fighting. Right. Mm -hmm. But... Conor McGregor just made him a lot of money. So Conor understands that this is a business, right? Like, and this is is almost like a business decision. I think he learned after the Floyd fight mm-hmm. how much money is in for the villain of a sport. Mm-hmm. Because, like, before this, I would say, like, people cheered McGregor. Because, I mean, he had the DS fight where it was like, you know, you either for the brother or McGregor. But, like, after that Floyd fight... In this fight, like, he was the villain in this fight. And the way he, like, it was promoted, like, all you heard is the stuff he said. You didn't even hear much about Habib leading up to the fight. But people like it. I don't think even think he was the villain. He was the bad guy, but it was one of those things where you want to root for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's more entertaining. Wait, so wait, you said that Connor was the bad guy or, or Habib was the bad guy? Like, they, I think the UFC, like, painted him as the bad guy. But when they would do, like, press events, mm-hmm. Habib would get booed and Connor would get cheered. Yeah, well, he's still a favorite. Yeah. I I mean this these this is what fighters do like Muhammad Ali said terrible things to people he said right. racist things to yeah. uh, Joe like he made like colorist comments to the people he was fighting calling them gorillas and stuff this is what they do but we don't look back at Muhammad Ali as a terrible person which... No 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying that well I'm not saying any of them are terrible people there's a level of showmanship that is integrated into the sport and spectacle that so much of it is built around but it's hard to separate that and that sometimes it feels like things cross the line and it felt like this fight at the very end when he jumped out of the ring and was attacking that dude in the stands had crossed that line from from showmanship to assault oh yeah yeah, yeah it was you know? assault. yeah like I mean, that's it, uh, but like it was his whole his whole camp did it though like Three yeah. people came in and yeah. attacked McGregor. McGregor did punch his trainer yeah. when they were like both trying to see what was going on. But like the guy in the red shirt, I don't know who he was, he's but a, I know he's a UFC fighter. Yeah, came in and just like snuck uh, McGregor. So, well, what is so weird to me is that beating two people up, just like trying to kill each other, once it's inside the ring, inside those boundaries, is totally okay. But the second you're out of there, it's not okay, right? Like, everybody's there to watch a fight, and then another fight breaks out, and everyone's like, wait, guys, this is too much. I think just because, like, it was so close to the fans. Yeah. Well, it's scary. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but that it also led to, like, so much so much more drama because I don't know if you saw the videos of, like, fans of McGregor or fighting fans of Habib outside. And it was just like, why are y'all even fighting? I don't know, man. There's a lot to be said about toxic masculinity and testosterone and stuff like that that we're not going to get into. But please be aware that I know that it's definitely on my mind. <laughs> well, you are himbo slice, so I don't know why you worried about anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. As FTW's, like, second most woke person, I feel like Who's it's number my... one? Ted. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Ted. Who's the most woke on FTW? I don't know. I think... Um... I feel like I'm up. Like I feel like Steven and you are probably. I feel like my I have to be the most woke. Yeah, I feel like as a black dude, you're the most woke. If you say anything else, I'm not gonna say you're anything. not I woke. Don't, I don't agree with Evan. <laughs> I don't think Evan's anywhere near the top of that list. What? I'm woke. Based dog. on our Mario tennis conversation. All right, uh, we're about to wrap this up, but I have one last question for both of these guys. Um, only because Evan, when he walked in here, he's doing the podcast wearing a Golden Girls T-shirt that mm-hmm. I think is absolutely great, and I will say not age appropriate for you because it feels like out of your generation. Hold on, how old do you think I am? 
It doesn't matter how old I think you are, but you're I'm you're young enough that I wouldn't have pegged you for a Golden Girls fan. She's 54 years old. <laughs> I t- I'm an old soul. All right. Before we get too much into that, tell me your favorite Golden Girls real quick. Uh, I don't know names, but this one right here, she got the most sass. And she reminded me of my great grandma. Sophia. 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 Yes. Yeah. So Sophia had straight spaz on you. She would like give you the meanest side eye. And that's how my grandma used to do like her children. And I was like, that's how I got my sassiness. <laughs> Wasn't there one on the show that like dated a lot of guys? Blanche. That's a woman that knew what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, since Sophia and Blanche are already taken, I'm obviously going to have to go with Dorothy. Thank you guys for hanging out with Can us. Can we all say thank you for being a friend? <laughs> 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 Bye, guys. <laughs>